lot of people will be like, oh, you need to network, you need to network. And I somehow dislike that notion of network. Sometimes we go in and thinking, what can I get out of this? It never really amounts to anything because the other party will definitely know that you just want something from them. Right? So going and asking them, hey, what, what are you trying to achieve? How can I be of help to you? And then that's where the ideas start to grow. Hey friends, welcome to the Creator in Progress podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Lim. Join me on an exciting journey as I break free from the 9 to 5 grind to become a full-time content creator. Each episode will bring you inspiring stories and practical advice from both successful and budding creators and entrepreneurs on how they got to where they are today. Snake juggles two full-time jobs. He pursued his passion and started the business all before he secured his first full-time corporate job. Five years later, he runs a successful board company called Odyssey Boards and has built an engaged community and business around the sport he loves. I have so much respect for Nick. Chucks and I say like, hey, we really need to be a brand that's not just there to sell things. We need to be a brand that's there to like guide people step by step. He has such humble vibes and he has shared many eye-opening challenges and tips on being a first-time entrepreneur. Every time you fail, you learn much more. And being okay with making mistakes along the way makes you learn much faster. Then you learn concrete points on as to why you fail. I had such a good conversation and learned so much. Enjoy the conversation. This episode is co-produced by Skate. Yeah, I usually always start the podcast, I think, really mm. by asking my guests, right? How do you think your early experiences in life have actually influenced you on what you're passionate about and how has it mm. guided you to this current path you're on? Mm. Yeah, I think just for more context, some background history about myself. I think I was born into a very traditional Chinese family, right? Mm. When you um, primary school, you go to a lot of tuition, all the way to secondary school or even junior college. <laughs> I was also part of a CCA that was um, something I used to enjoy, but after a while, you know, some things become more of like a a routine and you start to lose the the joy of it. And I think through this experience, it kind of shaped me to be someone who's always looking for fun in things. Mm. Um, I couldn't really find that much fun when I was younger, but I think slowly as you go to university, you start to have more time and more freedom in what you do. Um, fun was one thing that I start looking at more, more importantly. Mm. And I guess also over time, it's how do I find something that gives me more time, right? You know, people always say that time is the main currency of life, right? Mm. Uh, if you have enough time, you can do anything in the world. So these are two things that really help shape my perspective in what I'm doing mm. and something that helped guide my direction. Mm. So actually, to be honest, right, I don't even know what path I'm on now. <laughs> All I have is a direction that's being set by these two teams. Mm. What gives me the most fun and what gives me the most time? And I think through that, that's just helping me find this ever-changing direction. Yeah. Mm. I like that. What gives you time and... Yeah, fun is also like a, like mm. one of the things I want to do on my channel is mm. really help optimize, um, I guess, optimize life uh, for fun, freedom and happiness. Yes. Yeah, because right. I think I agree more and more. Like if something is fun, you don't mm. find it like a chore, right. you find joy in it, that sort of thing. Mm. And time, yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking about time, uh, I think why <clears throat> I also do YouTube is mm. because like it's, it's my way of optimizing. Yeah. Um, like if I do a YouTube video, mm -hmm. one YouTube video, I don't have to do it ever again. I do it once, I do a good job, then it's there like running for you forever, mm. that sort of thing. So I quite like that and that's how I save my time also. Because mm. I think at a point of time, everyone was asking me like, hey, can you tell me more about uh, negotiation and, and all that, yes. right? I'm like, <laughs> look at my videos, <laughs> <Yes>, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all there plus a template and all mm. that. So that that's how I started out with the 
full time mm-hmm. thing. So yeah, I really resonate with with what you said in terms of the yeah, time cool. and fun. Mm. Hmm. And I also read um of course I was doing some research right so okay. I read a bit more on like you and Jie, Jian Jiang Jia Xing Jiang ah, ah yes so Jiax, is it yeah Jiax G I A X Jiax yeah so I was reading a little bit into I mean I was checking out mm. the Odyssey uh, website and yeah. all that yeah I thought it was quite interesting how did how did you guys like decide okay let's mm. start a a longboarding <laughs> company yeah wow it goes way back. So actually, we met in army and then we knew each other all the way through uni. Mm. So in army, we were army buddies. Um, and again, you know, in army, you don't have a lot of uh, freedom to do what you want. Um, <laughs> so for more context, we were stationed in uh, Tokong, mm. th- that amazing resort island where <laughs> sergeants so were basically stuck there for five to seven days a week. Mm. And Tokong being a very remote island, you don't really have places to, ways to go around the whole island. Mm. If you walk, it's going to take an hour or at least an hour. So we thought one day we had this genius idea. Hey, why don't we get a long board so we can get around Tekong? Uh. But it was a completely bad idea because we didn't check whether we could even bring it in in the first place. We just went and splurged our money on a long board and then we realized, okay, we can't bring it in. Oh. So <laughs> eventually we decided, okay, we'll just get outside of camp. And over time, start realizing, wow, we get outside of camp just cruising around, it's very different from walking around. And we started exploring all the different disciplines, right? Mm. Whether it's just casual cruising or doing free riding downhill and eventually to freestyling and dancing tricks. Mm. We realized it's really fun. So when we tried to get our friends to join us, we thought they would all join us because they saw us having fun, they saw our videos, I thought they would be convinced. Mm. But all we got was like, no, no, no. And the main reason was it's too expensive, right? You you get a board in Singapore at any point in time, even up to now, it's like five to six hundred dollars. Mm. And asking a beginner at that age group, when you're still a student or a young working adult, it's a lot of money. Mm. Um, so what we did was we helped them directly import boards um, to help them get started. Mm. But over time, we realized we needed more than just a product. We needed a service, right? How do we develop something where it's not just a brand bringing in boards? It's a brand that's creating a board that the community is asking for, mm. providing a service that helps them continue with this hobby. And eventually, that's how Odyssey Bots were born. Was mm. born. Yeah. yeah, so like a very holistic thing. Because mm, right? I know you all uh, are also the first uh, mm. longboarding kind of like mm. school yeah. and community in, yeah, in Southeast Asia at least, mm. right? Yeah. Mm. So how did Odyssey, how did the name Odyssey come about? Yeah, so I think one thing you'll notice on our website is we use the word adventure a lot. Mm. <laughs> Probably time we invest in a thesaurus, but when we look at Odyssey, the whole story of Odyssey is about people going on an adventure, mm. this great adventure of a lifetime. And I think we wanted people to feel that way when they are engaged with us. Mm. And that's where the brand name Odyssey came out. Mm. So adventure, it can come in many forms, right? Whether it's going out with friends or going out yourself to just really drill hard, land mm. the tricks that you really want. And mm. Or whether it's just exploring your surroundings with on the longboard. Mm. We want people to feel that way. They're free. They're not held back by any kind of uh, expectations in society to do whatever they want. Mm. Yeah. So that's how we came up with the name Odyssey. I see. Mm. And for yourself, you usually, you do more of like the tricks and mm. the, the dancing kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? So I used to skateboard when I was a kid actually. Like oh, I think yeah. in kindergarten to primary school. Wow. Yeah, so I used to do a bit, used to go to skate park a lot. 
But eventually, I think I kept falling down. You know, my parents being very conservative, they said, okay, no more skateboarding. Mm. But I insisted. I kept wanting to go down. Eventually, they drew the scooter handle onto my skateboard. But the whole <laughs> mechanics were different, right? You can't, yeah. you can't steer a scooter like that on Correct. a skateboard. So I could only turn like that. And eventually, I just gave up completely. Yeah, yeah. But I think over time when Jax mentioned, hey, let's go learn longboarding, this whole spark ignited again. I was like, wow, okay, let's do it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and supposedly, I mean, mm. longboarding, I mean, even as I have tried, it's more stable, right? Correct, and not definitely. so, uh, like, from from what I know, skateboarding is quite, mm. I, I mean, I fell Harder. off a skateboard also, like, actually, I also fell off my longboard <laughs> the same way, like, yeah. I, I was going and then, I don't know what I was doing, I was trying to do a trick, I think, then mm. I fell backwards, yes, and then, boom, then, oh, then, scared, you know, there's that, always that mm. kind of um, feeling, yeah. um, and then I, I think I hurt myself, and then I mm. haven't been on board since then, ah. I think, that's why I'm quite scared of it, actually, mm. I like, Sports, like I love snowboarding. Yes. I go snowboarding yeah, every year, right? So. Um, I used to do a lot of wakeboarding also, mm. just that now it's a bit expensive. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like that feeling of mm. being on a board. With, but with those, I'm like, there's something to protect you when you Correct. fall. Yeah. So I think that's like my little mm. safety net. Although I have to say, like for snowboarding and all that, mm. uh, when I first learned, I have all the butt guards and all mm. that. La. So yeah, maybe yeah. I should invest in some. Or you can <laughs> use that the snowboarding one for long body. Yeah, but you look quite uh, dude, right? It's okay. <laughs> I, nobody, everyone's too focused on themselves. They won't care. That's true. Yeah, but which precisely brings me back to the point, right? When we look at longboarding or any kind of board sports, it's very intimidating to do yourself. And the first time you fall, that's always the hardest. Mm. Which is why eventually Chucks and I say like, hey, we really need to be a brand that's not just there to sell things. We need to be a brand that's there to like guide people step by step. Mm. Whether it's through online content, um, creating YouTube videos, or getting a community going just to help people feel less mm. scared about boarding. Mm. So yeah, that's how it actually came about. Yeah, mm. but I think you've managed to do it quite well. Like it's Doing running. <laughs> it's been running for a couple of years now, mm. right? And the group yeah. has been growing bigger and mm. bigger. And you guys have a Telegram. Yeah, so right. we have a Telegram channel. Are you part of it yet? Is it the doc session one? Oh, oh no, that so that's doc one? session. That's like the broader community. So it actually started in Paris and then it started going around wow. the world. So okay. the, the Longmore community is massive globally. But in Singapore, it's still very small. Oh. So it's where we're trying to grow. So we do have our own community. But right now, just to manage the skill is for our own students and customers. We are slowly mm. starting to expand it out. Then uh, that's also on Telegram. So we do plan like uh, bi-weekly um, community events where we bring them out mm. explore them because actually quite a percentage of our customers or students are expats I so see. a lot of them they're trying to like explore Singapore so we take them on unknown paths oh like a like a long mm. ride around Correct. Singapore that sort of thing yeah. like is it usually on park connectors mm. so depending because most of our customers are still quite new so it's always on park connectors and less crowded hours mm. so eventually we want them to be safe mm. come out alive of the event mm. so yeah oh. mm. Okay, that's like that's super interesting. Mm. That's a smart way to kind of get people to explore mm. Singapore and okay. just like enjoy. Yeah, like the feeling on the board is very, yeah. it's quite different in in a very good way. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just scared of falling. It always starts with fear. Then after a while, I say, oh, okay, it's not that scary. Then eventually becomes like excitement. So all the way fear to excitement. How do we get yeah, past yeah, that yeah. stage? So for context, we were in uni when we started this. Mm. Um, we had to study our study for our courses. I was doing a double degree in accounting and business. He was also in NUS business, which was also very time-consuming. Mm. How do we crunch out that time um, within our classes to go and work on this? Mm. And being clueless students, everything we do, we can probably assume we took 10 times longer than 
an experienced business person would do, mm. would take. Maybe not even 10, maybe 20, 30 times. Like setting up a website took us, <laughs> I think it was quite fun. It took us like seven months to set up oh, a really? website. Oh, really? Yeah, we were operating on Carousel for a while. You know, Carousel has many interesting customers. It taught us a lot about customer relationship management as well. Yeah. But yeah, between then and then, it took us like seven, seven months to set up a website. So time was the thing. Time, And that leads me to experience, right? We, we have no idea how to uh, build a website. Mm. Uh, no idea about payments. How do we accept payments mm. online? What's the best way to be paid? Um, all I had was my experience building my own, you know, Back then, we had like Blogspot and Blogger, yes, the yes. HTML coding. So <laughs> adding the chat box and all that. So that helped me a bit. Yeah. But over time, how do I build the experience to become uh, more checks and I to be more, more effective and efficient? Mm. So experience was another problem. And I guess the last one was credibility. Mm. Right? For us to scale, we had to show ourselves as we know what we're doing. Because when it comes to manufacturing long bots, there's so many technical aspects to it. Mm. When it comes to the 3D model, we have to build a concave, Concave has to be perfect so people don't slip off the board. Mm. What kind of wood you're using? How are you layering the wood? And although we can do as much research as we want and really know the construct, when people look at it, it's just two students starting a brand. They sometimes tend to take a step back and think, okay, maybe the quality probably isn't that good, mm. right? And how do we build that credibility? So I think these were the three main things we faced. Yeah. Mm. So how did you how did you build your credibility? Mm. I guess that comes with many, many conversations. Uh, conversations with people in the community, people mm. skate. Conversations with skate shops, not just in Singapore, but those overseas mm. to give us more experience on what people really want. And I guess lastly, conversations with anybody uh, who is able to give us a third-party uh, feedback mm. on our brand. Uh, that gives us a lot of context as to what we need to work on. Because while we base most of our research on Google, that gives us a lot of information, but doesn't mean more information is good information. We right. need to drill it down, right, to the yeah. best kind of inf information. And we won't know until we have conversations with these people. Mm. And once they see you actually working on your feedback and producing material results, for example, just saying, hey, maybe use this kind of wood for my experience is better. Mm. And once you implement that and they see, hey, these people are actually taking the feedback, that's where the credibility starts to build. Mm. Yeah. How long was your R&D process? Like the, mm. I mean, I guess you had to go through <laughs> iterations and you have <laughs> yeah, to uh, make the ball and then mm. try and mm. go back and keep yeah. doing that, right? So if you if you take a look at our Google Maps or you ever pop by our shop, you see that we have this like museum wall that we try to make. Uh, we put all our old boards oh, there. Okay. And then you notice from the first to second part, it took us two years. Really? Yeah, oh, wow. Very long. Okay. And then eventually start to see the intervals start to go down mm. um, because we start getting more experience with kind of uh, materials we should be using. Mm. I think at the same time also just building a strong relationship with our team, our manufacturers and all that. How do we create a bot and them understanding our needs. Mm. So it starts to become faster and faster. Um, and also fun fact is also while we have that wall of fame, we also have a wall of shame. It's <laughs> our field prototypes, bots that end up just breaking in half, bots that end up becoming trampolines and Many times, if I look back at my CCTV footage in the mm, shop and mm. I'm trying these bots, I think there's a footage of me jumping on there, getting launched straight off <laughs> and falling down. Oh dear. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of work going into R&D. Um, but I guess what I want to say is over time, R&D becomes easier because you start to know what you don't know. Mm. At the start, it's just a huge question mark. Like, what do I have to do? I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm. And you spend lots of money. Yeah. And then my wallet starts to hurt. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. 
Did you invest a lot of like? Ah, uh, no leh. So a lot of people think actually you need a lot of money to start a business, but you don't, right? That's the I feel like that's one of the misconceptions people have that's holding a lot of people back from starting a business. Mm. So for us, Jax and I, we started our business with just our army savings. So that was like, I think combined less than 4K. Mm. Um, but of course, if you have more money, you'll scale faster. Yes. But scaling faster may not necessarily be a good thing, mm. which we can go into detail later. Um, so we just basically bootstrapped the business from that 4K, we get our product out, we sell it, any net, income we reinvest into mm. the next batch. So we start to get the ball rolling. And yeah, wow, I really hope that my parents and all we got investments uh, or starting capital, I guess it was for the better because it allows to take things slow and slow, slowly look into the details and mm. whatever mistakes we're making. Yeah. Did you ever consider going to... I didn't, I, I'm not sure who you mm. would pitch to, mm. <laughs> but would you, I mean, like to get <laughs> sponsors and stuff like that. Yeah, oh. we, we did have a few... Um, people reach out wanting to invest. Mm. But I guess at a point in time, I think even till now, we're still too young to be invested in. So on one hand, I want to do them justice, right? Mm. If you're going to put your heart and money with me, I want to be the person that you can trust 100% instead of having to worry. Mm. Um, another thing is also direction. While we're still trying to shape the direction, I think having an investor could give us good guidance. But that kind of complicates things because you have to put the investor's uh, interesting heart as well. Correct. So getting the guidance, I guess that's where we can always get it from mentors or talking to friends or mm. talking to other creators like yourself. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's the reasons why we haven't really went into that mm. route yet. Mm. And it's been three three years-ish. Yeah, five. We started the brand, the concept was in 2017 mm. when we started to launch the concept. But in 2020, then we officially registered the business, uh. which also has a funny backstory. Oh. Share, yeah. share, please share. So, <laughs> that was 2020, right? Uh, I think that's when COVID hit us really, really bad. Mm. And I was supposed to start my job with uh, Visa back then. But I think due to some, um, they have to adjust the program to make it virtual, which was really nice of them. Mm. They'll make it virtual so that we can continue our grad program smoothly, mm. when even when you're working remotely. So they had to delay it by a month. Mm. But I think me being me, I was very careful. I was scared. Oh, I said, oh no, they're going to pull back the job. Yeah. And... I just told my buddy, okay, you know what? I think I was just preparing for the worst. I said, let's just launch this company. We'll do it full time. And then he said, okay. And then we went into it. And fast forward, two and a half years later, I'm juggling two jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I seriously don't know mm. how you do it. I mean, I've done it for... Technically, I've done it for about... Pretty long. Three years-ish Yeah, now. it's very long. But I've never been serious mm. about my side hustle which is I guess the full hustle mm -hmm. now um, and I always felt like oh every time I because I always prioritize work mm -hmm. right because you're being paid to do it you better mm -hmm. do a good job and all that and I think that sense of responsibility yeah. didn't really allow me to like oh. and then every time mm -hmm. I didn't do my stuff right I felt so upset with <sighs> myself like I let myself yeah. down that sort of thing so yeah I think now I'm trying to see it a little mm -hmm. bit differently also but yeah, so I'm very, uh, I'm very amazed at how you're. I feel like I feel like you're able to juggle Actually, it. Actually, I'm very even well. more impressed with people who are able to take this side hustle and make it full time because that's something that I've always wanted to do. But there are so many reasons why I want to have my own uh, food uh, day job and mm. have this side business at the same time. But mm. I feel like there's a lot I can learn from you as well, right? Whether it's uh, going into full time uh, content creation or whether it's 
doing what I love mm. full time. I think that's a lot I can learn from you. Mm. Mm. I think uh, whatever. Actually, I think it was <laughs> something I had. I had. Mm. I had kind of had like a question for you. Ah, um, I think I wrote something like most entrepreneurs. They you know they focus on your main business mm, yeah. and they have a side hustle to generate income so mm. they can sustain their lifestyle or adult responsibly. Mm. But yeah, like I said, you are wearing <laughs> double hat. You're double hatting essentially. But I remember there was one time I met you in office and you were mm. like, yeah, you know, whatever I had learned here today mm. in my day to day actually helped me in in my business. Mm. So I think you were saying you were very thankful for that. Yeah. And, and it's quite cool how <coughs> wherever you are, you still learn something mm. that kind of benefits you in, in yeah. the other sense. I guess it's just the mindset. Like for me, since I'm in it, I might as well try to get the most out of it, right? Mm. Try to learn as much as possible. And I guess being in Visa, working on e-com solutions for merchants, it gave me a lot of perspectives to as to how I should manage my uh, business or the supports from mm. an e-com point of view because we run mostly on e-com. Mm. And at the same time, being a merchant myself gives me a lot of perspective on how I should be understanding a merchant's problems with mm. my day job. Correct. Yeah. yeah, it's really a... What's the word? Mutually like mutually <laughs> beneficial, yeah. I guess, in that yeah, way. Yeah, symbiotic relationship. Yeah, yeah I guess. Oh, okay, that's 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 very good to hear, lah. But what's I'm very curious to know what's the mm. end goal? Is it eventually one day you'll be like, I want to mm. focus on this full time, mm. or do you feel like for now you still wanna like? Um, mm. You know, for now it's probably gonna still be working these two hats. But I think my end goal is just you know. Ideal dream state, I have a villa in Bali, I'm just sitting back chilling. Or maybe I have a skate school in Bali as well, helping people like start this hobby. But yeah, I think that's the end goal. I'll meet you in Bali. Yes, <laughs> see you there. <laughs> there was a point of time, actually quite recently, we were just thinking, oh, maybe we should just rent out mm. this place. Take the money, just, you know, rent yeah. a place in Bali and like, right. you literally can just enjoy life, right? Yeah. Like you don't have to worry so much about the right. finances mm. and all of that. And it's just so nice. You get to do what you want to do yeah. every day, that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. I think for I, I think for me, um, this experience has been pretty good so far. Mm. But there's always the this nagging feeling at the back of my mind, like my finances. Mm. Right? That's really the biggest thing because I have a mortgage to pay and all that mm. also, right? Um, but do I regret getting this place? No. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's, oh, thank you, thank you. But it's always there. And mm. um, But on the flip side, last time it was more of okay, I'm worried about, uh, or I'm not happy inside because I don't get to do the stuff I want to do all the mm. time. Like, I'm doing it literally because I have to, right? It's my job. So I think whichever side you're on, there's always that 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 worry yeah. that you have to juggle and mm. accept in that certain sense. Yeah, so now I'm like looking for a part-time job. Mm. So and, and I'm okay with that, you know, yeah. because it gives me the time and the brain space to really mm. focus on what I need to right. focus on. Exactly. Uh, while still mm. maintaining my lifestyle, hopefully. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I better I'm like cooking a lot more now also. Mm. <laughs> uh, um mm-hmm. so we spoke about you juggling your full time job and your full time side hustle. Yeah. How do you prioritize self-care and you know, how do you avoid mm. burnout? And you know, do you have any mm. strategies you use to maintain a good, uh, I guess, work-life balance because yeah. it is a lot to juggle, right? Um, yeah, it is a lot, especially now that Odyssey has been expanding quite uh, a bit more aggressively than it used to in the past. So now we have this very, very talented team of people working for us full-time, working with us full-time. 
And that's where it starts to add more pressure on you. Initially, I thought, hey, okay, now I have these really reliable people. I can sort of chill a bit. But mm. no, you start to feel accountable for their own growth as well. Mm. And this really adds on to the pressure. So I guess your question about how you manage the time, I guess frameworks and structure really matters. Mm. Um, motivation, you know, people always say motivation is key, but I feel it's overrated. Mm. It eventually burns out, right? There are days where I just wake up, I'm like, oh no, okay, it's five, I have to start work. And I guess having a structure where, okay, look, the first thing I'm going to do is I just have to get to the the washroom to mm. brush my teeth and then the day starts, the ball starts rolling and then starting to have blocks of time, just blocking your time, waking up just a bit earlier so that you can plan your day when it's more quiet mm. because you know, once it's eight, the emails start coming in yes. and that's where you have to, you start to get distracted mm. um, and I guess this structure of getting the work cleared as much as possible, not being the bottleneck, mm. bottles you're working with mm. really gets the, the ball of rolling mm. and towards the end of the day that's when you realize if you're no longer the bottleneck you start to have more time for yourself mm. you start to come home okay uh figuring out that most of the work has been done by this group of people that you really um trust and just checking in with them making sure that they need any support and you'll be there for them and once you've done that you basically have one or two hours for yourself at max but i guess at the same time it's also there are also times where it really hits crunch time right when you're growing yeah. a business um, there are times where there are fires to put out. Um, there are times where things are growing too fast in a good way and you have to get your hands dirty as well. Mm. Um, and I guess that's where my controversial take, take comes in. Sometimes burnout is unavoidable. You, mm. you can do whatever you want to stop burnout. But I think it's even more important to know what to do when you're burnt out. Mm. Because th- when I look at some of my friends, some of them, they're really good at preventing burnt out. But once they get burnt out, we all get lost. We don't know what to do. And I guess that's where having a reliable group of people and friends and your loved ones talk to really helps a lot. Mm. I think, I guess now renting with my girlfriend, it's really, it really helps a lot for me emotionally and yeah. psychologically. Whenever I have problems, I can always complain to her, mm. talk to her. And she's been super, super wonderful in, in getting me in the right hit space. Mm. So yeah. Cool community and like support yeah, is very important. Correct. And on, the no- on, on that note of burnout, mm. right? I think burnout is not necessarily about the work. Mm. It's more of the emotional and mental right. state you're in and like that overwhelm, that feeling mm. of overwhelm. That's mm. more, yeah, yeah, the emotional, um, yeah, the right. inability to, to be mm. able to like, handle all of that mm. um, more than I can't do yeah. this work because you can probably always do work, right? It's just right. more of like, oh, I don't want to do right. it. Oh, I have too much to do. Yeah, I. you're right. So that actually sparked something in my head, right? Like most of my times, when I start to feel like I'm going to be burnt out is when there's this tough puzzle I'm trying to crack and you keep going at it from the same perspective and then you're not solving, you can't solve it and you start to get too engrossed in it. Mm. And then that's where you start to get burnt out. You can't focus on anything else but that and eventually start to feel like, okay, I can't do anything anymore. I just need to step off for a while. Mm. So I think, yeah, sometimes having that group of people you can talk to to look at it from all the different perspectives mm. that really helps you prevent all kinds of burnout. Mm. I guess that's where it helps to have a co-founder as yeah, well. Um, yeah, I've heard, I mean, even for myself, I feel like a lot of the times I go mm. at it alone mm. uh, and some of the problems I face, I, I got no one to bounce ideas yeah. off of. Um, even with the community, it's all online and stuff. Mm, so it's tough to, to get that feedback. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe having a 
co-founder. Definitely. And I guess I'm super lucky to have Jax because, you know, when we come from a point of view as army buddies, we are very direct to each other. Mm. We think something sucks, we tell each other it sucks. If we think we are being stupid or illogical, we just tell each other. And I guess that's where we communicate a lot. I think yeah. to the point where our girlfriends are saying, hey, you're texting your business <laughs> partner more than you're texting me. And I guess having that support system where, you know, if I feel burnt out, I know Chuck will be there to cover for me. If Chuck feels burnt out and he needs a break, I'll be there to cover for him. Mm. Uh, thankfully, none of us have burnt out at the same time yet. So <laughs> that's going well for us. Yeah. yeah, I think I had a question on, you know, as students, right? Mm. Um, I'm curious to know how you how you learn to build up the business. Like, was there mm. anyone to show you the ropes? Or is it mm. just both of you trying to figure, it, figure out things along the way? Because yeah. like for myself, I, I feel like, um, a lot of it, I'm still quite mm. lost. Uh, a lot of the things that I've done till these days, I mm. just learned everything through YouTube videos, yeah. like literally. And I have actively been like seeking a mentor in, in mm. like these kind of areas. But mm. yeah, I'm very curious to know about your journey um, through yeah. through this. Uh, yeah, I definitely get what you mean by when you f- you feel lost, you're studying something. There's so many directions you can go. Yeah. And at the same time, you don't know what's the right information you should have. That was something Jackson and I felt throughout mm. the whole founding process. And I guess eventually, what helped us a lot is to just accept. We accepted the feeling. We said, okay, I accept. I own that, I own that I'm a clueless student. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. And I guess approaching people with that mindset gave us a very, gave us the right frame of thought to say, okay, I'm a sponge. I'm going to absorb everything you say. Mm. Um, whether it's good, whether it's, okay, whether it's decent or not so good advice, I'm just going to absorb it. And then at the end of the day, I'll just try to piece it together and see what works for me. Mm. Um, because at the end of the day, um, it's about getting all the information can get and figuring out what's the right thing to do. Mm. And conversations, again, like, I'm a very strong advocate for meaningful conversations. Talking to people, um, learning from people, from their mistakes. That's a question I like to ask right now I talk to, whether it's my professors or other business owners. Mm. I think, what's one mistake you made that you wish you could you know, go back in time and fix it mm. and then try not to emulate the mistake. Mm. And I guess also at the same time, my dad was super helpful in providing me guidance because mm. he's also a business person himself, his own business. Yeah. Um, although his way of business is a bit more old school, um, a bit less on the e-com side. But a lot of concepts on like people management or, or negotiation, very important. Like how do you negotiate, get the right price? Because when you're working with people for the first time and they learn you're also new, um, you might not meet the <laughs> the nicest and most honest people. So there are times where we got knocked off. There are times when um, our products came in faulty and we didn't know what to do. So having all this guidance, learning how to stand your ground, that helped a lot. Because mm. I think ultimately to sum it up, as students, we didn't know our... I felt like we didn't really know our own self-worth. Uh, while we accepted that we were lost, we didn't know what to do. Mm. Um, we also... I felt like what the guidance we needed back then was to know that, hey, you have to stand your ground sometimes. Yeah. You need to know that it's okay to ask and demand for things. Yeah. 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 I feel you. I, um, because I also work with mm. uh, brands and stuff, right? Yeah. And sometimes they're like, oh, can we get a discount? I'm like, mm, correct. Mm. and I was like, okay, maybe I'll give you like a $20 discount. And my mm. partner's like, just stand your ground. It's okay. You know, um, mm. technically they're company, they're big, yeah. they should be able to pay you. Right. And then I was like, hmm, how do I do this? 
How many chat GPT? <laughs> how do I respectfully reject or like, you know, um, mm. renegotiate and sort of thing? And they gave yeah. me a very good answer. So mm. I took it and I retweeted yeah, that something nice. about like, oh, I would respectfully like to stand my ground because like, mm. you know, I provide you a quality mm. word. Or the, exactly. So it's quite cool. I also learned how to <laughs> do it from chat GPT mm. because anyway, negotiations are always quite uncomfortable yeah, okay. sometimes, right? So yeah, yeah, I think it's y- some things you have to do to, mm. to learn from it. Yeah. Curious to know how, because like I think um of course I've 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 seen you I follow you guys on social mm. media right so I've seen like you guys have collabs with like yeah. Uniqlo ah, and yes. like um the guy who made the watch Toby Tobiato yeah, yeah I I'm so scared to pr- pronounce his name <laughs> in this, um, but yeah yeah because I, I I mean I also follow mm. his stuff which yes, I think is like awesome, pretty yeah. cool um. Yeah, how did you how how did those opportunities mm. come along? How do you handle those kind of like brand sponsorships? Yeah, so I guess a lot of it actually came out from like again, I sound like a broken record, but conversations, mm. right? Uh, going back in time when I was still in NTU, I was in Hall. Uh, when Jax and I were figuring out how to design our own our first longboard, mm. I tried to do it because I love drawing. I'm pretty decent at it, but I suck when it comes to transporting it to soft copy or the whole design construct of a longboard. Mm. We needed someone with experience to do it. And my idea was just went around my hall asking, hey, do you all know anyone who can design a board? Do you know anyone ADM, which was our art design and media school in NTU? Mm. And eventually one of my hallmates told me, hey, there's this guy called Toby. He's really, really good. And then he was my hall senior back then as well. Mm. So I just spoke to him and said, hey, Toby, do you want to design a board with us? Wow. We'll give you commission. Uh, we'll pay you. Um, but yeah, do you want to design a board with us? And he said, he was immediately on board. No pun intended. And then he told us like, okay, let's do it. And then we did it. And it really went off really well because his design was really good. Um, and also over time, I can start to see what a talented person he is and how do we help be a part of the journey? How do we help launch him? And I guess having these conversations with him as well also help um, build his trust in us mm. to collaborate for future designs. And I guess this also led to us talking more with people in the industry. Mm. And the Uniqlo sponsorship, that was uh, something that popped out of the blue. It was actually one of our um, interns, Odyssey wow. Bot's intern's friend, who was interning at Uniqlo, who said, hey, we should do a collab. <laughs> and then mm. uh, our marketing intern back then, his name is Amos, said, okay, let's do it. And then Amos told us, hey, Uniqlo wants to collab. And we're all like, wow, let's do it, let's do it. Same thing with Calvin Klein, actually. I believe it was uh, one of Chuck's um, point of contact who mm. went to Kevin Kevin Klein to work as uh, the marketing lead there mm. and eventually he just hit us up and he started mm. so a lot of conversations just talking and just bouncing off ideas and say hey what if we did this yeah. what if we did that sometimes most of the time it amounts to nothing but the times where something actually happens it can be really amazing mm. yeah that like connection and I like mm. that you I, I guess you're not positioning it but it's it's more of like it's conversations, mm, right? Because like, I think a lot of people will be like, oh, you need to network, you need to mm. network. And I I somehow yeah. dislike that notion <laughs> of network because I, again, I mm. think similar to what you say, I like having those meaningful, mm. deep conversations. And I feel like this mm. is when like the opportunity yeah. comes about also. Right. And I guess through all these conversations you can kind of understand what's the best value I can bring to the other party, right? Mm. If sometimes we go in at the start, I'm guilty of this as well going and thinking what can I get out of this mm. it never really amounts to anything because that's when the other party will definitely know you just you just want something from them mm. right so going and asking them hey what what are you trying to achieve how can I be of help to you and then explain to them hey we actually have this 
uh, overlap in audience that we haven't really tapped into yet. Mm. Maybe the partnership can do this. Yeah. And then that's where the ideas start to grow. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it's quite similar in like mm. creator world as well. Right. You see like two creators collab. Like, yeah, there's some stuff I'm just like, I remember I watched the video that day mm. with like two of my favorite creators. I was like, <laughs> so excited. And then I just watched, you know, I mean, it was mm. interesting also. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, again, mutually beneficial to each other also, right? right? Yeah. So, okay. I guess mm. I need to talk to more people. Actually, mm. um, I think this podcast is my way of really it's selfishly my way of being able to talk to more people. Mm. Like these are the questions I actually I always wanted to ask you these kind of questions. Yeah. It's just like there's no time to ask you this kind of thing at work, you know? That's yeah, like, correct. Because I find all this very, very fascinating. Mm. I find business very fascinating and like the fact that you built it up from the ground mm. yourself and you started it. It's 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 a lot of grit and there's a lot of yeah. resilience and um you have to find out a lot of things by mm. yourself. So I think that's quite yeah. That's quite cool and very inspirational. Yeah, and, and along the way, how high my blood pressure gets. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but yeah. most importantly, it's, yes. it's, it's fun. And it's I'm fun. sure you learn learn from yes. it also, right? Mm. It's very, very fulfilling in a different way. Correct, yeah. Yeah, I think over time, business, I when you're running a business from ground up, you 90% of the time you're going to fail. Mm. But at 10%, when you actually see something succeed, you forget about all your failures, right? So... <laughs> It definitely, it definitely works out, yeah. Yeah, mm. I have some videos where I'm like, right, I'm <laughs> like, oh, this, what? I mean, it's still good, but mm. it's like, I feel like not my best work. I mm. put it up, oh, doing well, <laughs> and then there are some yeah. that I just pour my heart and soul into it. Mm. I did a video on burnout, right? Mm. It didn't, it didn't do well. I was like, mm. huh? I was so sad. So it's, it's quite interesting yeah. where where life brings you in that, right. that certain sense, lah. So um. I'm curious also to know more, right? Like, what do you think sets Odyssey bots apart from other companies? And mm. what do you see in the future of... Um, I mean, mm. where do you see the future, I guess? Because I know you guys started off with long bots and all that. Mm. And you expanded to surfskates yes. and all that also, right? And so then to classes and all that mm, stuff. Mm. So, yeah, I think what sets us apart uh, is we try to create this whole experience. And I think we don't see ourselves as just a bot manufacturer we see ourselves as an experience provider. Mm. And that experience is that feeling of adventure. You, so one thing we like to call ourselves is we are manufacturers of adventure. Mm. Right? We manufacture adventure for you. Um, so that means whether it's producing the highest quality bots or whether it's being every step, being there with our customers every step of the way to make sure that they enjoy this experience. Mm. I think that's what sets us apart from um, some of the other brands. Mm. So while the other brands might have a lot we learn from. I think this is the gap that's currently in the market. Mm. So for example, we've learned a lot from the brands overseas in how they construct their bots, how they market themselves. We've learned so much from them. At the same time, we've also learned a lot from skate shops in Singapore because they are super duper experts in understanding what the community wants, what's the perfect variety mm. to bring in. And there's so much we learn from them as well. Ultimately, piecing these two together, creating a variety of experience products and understanding how technical we should get with each bot while maintaining price balance. Putting this together with the experience, that's what I feel makes us a more holistic brand. But of course, there's so much more we have to learn. I think we have to learn in terms of how we better manage our logistics and all this stuff. There's so much more to learn about that. Mm. And I guess going forward on that note about being manufacturers of adventure, one direction we are trying to head towards now is more of experience focus. Mm. How can we 
create more meaningful experiences in Singapore, whether it's through classes or through even skate camps, mm. and also eventually expanding it overseas. Mm. We did toy with the idea of a longboard camp overseas where we bring people overseas to like learn how to longboard yeah. and also combine it with different kinds of experiences. Um, ultimately, it's more on the team of adventure. How do mm. we bring people together? Yeah. I like that. Mm. Yeah. I think that's very interesting and quite smart mm. uh, to, to kind of capture it. There. Right. It's nice because you already have that uh, that theme, that vision, mm. then you yeah. work around how you're going to make it new, how right. you're going to change it. Yeah. Very interesting. And, you know, because you said you learned a lot from mm. all these uh, expert skate companies mm. and whatnot. Were they, they were actually willing to share like all these information? So, learning doesn't have to come, uh, how do I say this without sounding, without it sounding weird. Learning from them, right, you don't necessarily need their consent. So, <laughs> you can learn from how they do things from their website, mm. what kind of bots they are putting out mm. and all that. Of course, they, some most of them, they are very happy to share their knowledge with you because surprisingly, I thought they wouldn't want to talk to us at all. But when I just go out, step up and talk to them, they're super, super helpful. Like a lot of them has been in the industry for decades and they're more than happy to share any experience they have. Um, of course, there are some information they can't share, which is like proprietary mm. or what kind of supplies or manufacturers they're working with. They definitely won't tell us. But more in how do I better position my company? And I guess approaching them from a point of view um, where we're still students, we can always use the clueless card and say, hey, I really look up to you. I'm a student and I really respect you. Can you give me some tips? Mm. And most of them, they're really helpful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel generally also mm. when I approach people for help. Yeah. They're all quite nice yeah. and willing to share yeah. also, I think. Mm. I think that's quite... Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the worst thing they could say is just no. Mm. So, yeah. Correct, correct. Okay, so I call this the... <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to find a name for it, but I still haven't found a name for it. But it's called the Depth Quest. Okay. So basically, going to ask you some deep questions. But okay. there is a number corresponding to mm. 54 blocks in this. Lab. There's a number okay. corresponding to that. And when you pick that number, it corresponds to a question I've prepared mm. here. So happy picking. Pick, okay. pick one and uh, let's see what question comes up for you. Okay. okay wait, I need to... I need to find the questions. <laughs> okay, meanwhile, I'll decide which one I want to pick. Well, I always say people always go for the middle one. I'm the... I'm when I pick Jenga, I'm, I'm the irritating one who... I'm the one who takes the bottom <laughs> off first. Okay, uh, flip it over. Two. Wow. Oh, I almost picked one. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. <clears throat> Prep for deep question. Mm. Can you share a time when you felt deeply lost or unsure of your path in life? Uh, I think that's... <laughs> I feel like that's me every day. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> I think that was back when I was about to finish university. Mm. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I During university, most of my... I specialize in banking and finance. I always thought I would end up in a private bank doing investment management. And it's where all my internships were mm. at. And I did one at a Swiss private bank, did one at a German one. I took a semester leave to do another one. And then eventually I realized, hey, I didn't really like it. Mm. So I'm like, at a point in time, I was just sitting down and thinking, ah, shit, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. I, I really don't know where I'm going to end up. And at the point in time, I'm thinking, for these one and a half years, have I been just wasting all my time? Mm. Right, I have a small side business with nothing to show that I was generating maybe less than 5,000 in revenue a year. Mm. And I have no idea what I'm going to do. But I knew I didn't want to do a 
private banking. Mm. Actually, to be honest, I wasn't even sure back then. So that was the point in time where I felt really lost. Um, but I guess, again, talking to people really did help set me some perspective, right? Mm. Um, and I guess that's where, again, conversations, right? I was talking to the HR in that German bank I used to intern with. Um, eventually, I found out that, hey, she moved to Visa, oh. which was the company that I eventually ended up in. Okay. And I was just chatting with her like, hey, what was the experience like working in a different industry? And then she said, oh, working in payments, actually, I learned a lot and people here are so friendly. I'm mm. learning so much from them. Mm. It kind of piqued my interest and I started asking around more um, while also building my own business because I didn't know whether I wanted to do which one full-time. Mm. Right? I didn't expect I'll be doing both. Um, and eventually, through all these conversations, I started realizing that, hey, okay, maybe this one and a half years, like, it's just a blip in the map. It's not the end of my life. Mm. end of my uh, working life, right? There's still so many more years ahead, sadly, that I have to work. Um, <laughs> and then eventually, just talking to them and finding out, that, hey, maybe this is a risk worth taking and starting to come to terms that in life, there's always going to be an amount of risk that you have to take. Mm. Talking to people and understanding that you always have to take risks with every decision you make and being okay with that, I guess that helped me move on from not doing what I have to do to just trying something completely new. Mm. And I guess that pre- worked out pretty well for me. So yeah, that's something I learned. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I mean, you're doing both lah. <laughs> wow, I just, I feel like, heck, like so mm. tired. It's so tiring because, I mean, you've already done it for four or five years, right? Mm. I've only done it for four. I'm like, I mm. think just <laughs> setting some time for yourself for the weekends to chill, I guess that goes a long way as well. But it's hard, right? Because when yeah. you're so passionate about something, the moment you wake up, it's like, oh, oh, let's go work on it. And then you find it very hard to let go. Correct, so correct. I guess having someone to pull you away from that does help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there was a point in time my partner was like, you know, you you're stop. always working, <laughs> always editing. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. So mm. now, yeah, we really like have set mm. designated time where we spend with each yeah, other. Correct. If not, it's, it's quite tough. Mm. La. Like, uh, yeah, I feel like I leave a nine to five, but mm. I end up <laughs> in somewhere where I am thinking about my own thing like, yeah. all the time and and I'm still getting paid mm. less for it which mm. is fine but um, mm, it's just fulfilling la. yeah, yeah I'm, and I'm I'm happy with that decision I'm very curious about your content strategy mm. how do you yeah how, how do you think like using social media mm. has I guess help do you feel using mm. social media has helped your mm. business and do you have like uh, someone to manage your social mm. media? Do you have someone to manage all your social media mm. or someone just specifically for Instagram, specifically mm. for TikTok or mm. YouTube? Because again, mm. they are all yeah. a little bit different here and there, right? Um, so on that question, we do have someone to help us with our TikTok. Because I think for me as a millennial, I might not be as t- much in touch with the Gen Z's, <laughs> right? Their humor is another level. Mm. Um, crazy, super funny. Uh, but I don't know how to create that. So we do leverage with some of the, our interns mm. who create all these amazing TikToks. Um, but I guess in that point in time, looking at social media, what our strategy is, um, I guess it depends on the brand also. As a brand that's focusing on fun, adventure, social media like Instagram, TikTok, YouTube is the place where people go for entertainment. Mm. So it makes sense for us to go there. So that's where we ended up situated at. And yeah, what's, what was the other question? Uh, do you feel like it has helped grow mm. your business ah yes it has helped grow our business a lot so whether it's running ads or organic coming from organic content it's more about the brand awareness because we are just a small company mm. in a small dot in a huge world right people overseas will never hear of us unless 
they somehow see one of our viral videos mm. or they are referred to by someone who knows about us. Mm. So content really does help with the word of mouth. And I think at this point in time where we are so saturated with advertisements and mm. and um, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's on cinemas and all that, having that word of mouth come from someone who's referring on social media goes a long mile. Yeah. Is there any advice that you would like to share with our listeners, you know, especially those mm. who are aspiring to kind of chase their dreams mm. and create a life they love? Mm. Create a life I, of fun. Yes, life of fun. Um, I think my biggest advice is get used to failing. Mm. Um, it sounds harsh, but every time you fail, you learn much more compared to winning, mm. right? Being at a point of time where always coming in second place it's definitely, I feel like always coming in second place is better than always coming in first place. Because at second place, that's where you know, hey, I have this person in first place to learn from. Uh, that I also have my own mistakes to learn from. And being okay with making mistakes along the way makes you learn much faster. Mm. Um, sometimes when you succeed at something, I hate to say it, but I feel like sometimes it's just purely luck. right? But when you fail at something, you learn concrete points on as to why you fail. Mm. Whether it's wrong timing, wrong execution, uh, the wrong people. Um, being okay with failure makes you much more receptive to learning from your mistakes. Mm. And it doesn't get you so hung up, right? Because I think at this point in time, I've come to a point where I'm numb to making mistakes, right? I'm numb to uh, being humiliated by my own mistakes. Mm. You know, I make a mistake, you know what? I admit it. I was foolish. Mm. Accept it, move on, laugh about it when you look back. Mm. So I think that's the biggest advice I have to give. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's that Chinese saying, which we should translate into English. Uh, mistakes are the ah, mother of... Yes, what? Uh, yes, but I do not know how to... Tra- <laughs> my, my Mandarin sucks, as you can tell. But that was that. Yeah, we've come to the end of the podcast already. Mm. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. Um, Where can our listeners find you mm. or Odyssey Bots? Yes. So you can find Odyssey Bots at Odyssey what call you, I don't know where you plug it uh, somewhere oh, oh, plug it somewhere <laughs> and uh, you can find us on TikTok as well our TikTok's a lot more unhinged mm. um, as most TikToks would be a lot more crazy videos mm. um, our Instagram is where we post more interesting like guides and uh, updates on our product lines and all that if you want to buy a board in Singapore mm. you know who to look yes. for and if you want memes follow my TikTok <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you Nick That's like I think me. Yeah, I think it was a very good conversation. Mm. Um, nothing like conversations we've had at work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I enjoyed it. Um, thank you so much Same for here. sharing, like, I think all the insights about, like, mm. your learnings, like, how you trot through this whole entrepreneurial path. Mm. I think it's very interesting. I, I truly have not heard from someone who has, like, you know, built <laughs> their company from the ground up. Mm. So yeah, I think it's very interesting. So thank you for yeah. sharing all that with me. Also. Thanks for having me. I think it's very insightful, like, this is the first time I've been on a podcast, um, as most of you probably be able to tell by now. Um, and I guess looking at all these questions and thinking about it, it also gave me a lot of time to really think about what I've been doing. Because sometimes when you're in go, go, go mode, you never really have time to step back and think, oh, is there a reason why I've been uh, making these decisions? Um, is there, um, what, what was the thought process behind all this? You do think about it, but you never really think about it that deeply until someone asks you. Mm. So yeah, it's a really great opportunity for me to just step back and look at it in the past um, five 
six years of what I've been doing. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah.